Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast with Steve Gordon. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon. And in today's episode, we're talking with David Schreiner-Kahn. David is the host of the business podcast, Smashing the Plateau, which if you haven't listened to it, it's fantastic. You need to go find it. And it's really a resource for business leaders who feel like they've stalled. And David has interviewed over 200 guests, including Cliff Ravenscraft, Rick Edelman, Gary Vaynerchuk, Bob Burke, a whole host of other people, um, yours truly included. And, and I'm, I'm uh, humbled to be included in that list. And he really takes the perspective that prosperity be, can be created when you've got the right mindset and the right tools that really allow you to share your gifts with the world. And uh, Smashing the Plateau is just a great place to go to tap into uh, the personal experiences and 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 the achievements of uh, some, some real business leaders. And so, uh, David, I'm really excited to have you on today. And, and thanks for taking the time to talk with us here on the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. Thank you, Steve. It's an honor to be on your show as well. And it was great to have you on my show. Um, you know, it's really interesting. I was listening to the introduction. One of the things that crossed my mind is how not only challenging being a leader is, um, whether, whether you're an entrepreneur running something that is primarily a single person business or whether you're running um, a, a large company with um, hundreds or thousands of individuals involved, leadership is actually a very lonely job. And um, and that makes it really challenging. It's one I think one of the most challenging parts about it is how lonely it is. Um, so it's great to be able to talk to you about what it takes to be unstoppable as a leader. Well, and I think this fits very very nicely with the theme uh, of your podcast and and with what you help business owners with and and that is really breaking through that plateau. And um, I'm I'm excited to learn a bit more about. Uh, exactly what you do in your business. But before we get to that, I'd really like to understand from your perspective personally, what are some of the things that you do to stay unstoppable? Uh, you know, we all run into roadblocks in business. And when we do, we've all got our own approaches for getting around them. And I'm wondering if you've got some mindsets or frameworks that really help you stay focused and persistent. Yeah, well, I started my career as an engineer, and one of the things I learned early on is that um, it's important to look at a problem with some um, analytics in mind and also to keep in mind that there is not necessarily just one way to solve a problem. Um, usually there's there's more than one way, and if you look at, at business and life, there are generally multiple paths to be able to help you do a better job of achieving your goals. And um, and so one of the things that I've learned uh, over the course of my, my professional and business life is that it's really important to be persistent and look at what the various options are to try to come up with as good a solution as you can at a particular point in time. And and to, to keep at it. Um, so always keep in mind, what is your plan B? Because uh, lots of things don't work the way we expect. Um, that's what makes life so interesting. That's what makes business so interesting. Uh, but you got to keep in mind, okay, so if, if the path I'm on, if we run into some roadblocks, what are some alternatives we can try? And when is it appropriate to start trying them? And I certainly 
um, experienced this a lot. Um, after I left engineering, I, I went into the nonprofit sector. I was in leadership and management roles for a couple of decades. And uh, certainly when you're dealing with, with organizations and individuals, there are you know, human dynamics are complicated and there are lots of lots of things that don't work out the way you expect. So when you're dealing with personalities, you certainly have to keep in mind that there are multiple options to try to come to, come to a, a solution that should be a positive one. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a really great insight and, and one that I think too many of us just overlook that, I mean, we all go into things thinking that, you know, looking at it from, from our perspective, you know, we, we're going to go in and we're going to apply our talents and, and apply our, our smarts to it and it's going to all work out. And, um, you know, I've been doing this long enough to know that there just are always an awful lot of things that you can't account for. Um, how do you, as you're thinking about creating that plan B, what are some of the things that, that you kind of try and take into account? What are the questions that you ask yourself to build it? Uh, well, one of the first questions, is, well, there are a few questions. One is, what is it that I, that we are trying to build long-term? What is our grand vision? Where do we want our organization, our, our products and services to be, let's say, decades from now? Where do we want our story to end and how do we reverse engineer that process um, so that we look at what's immediately in front of us? What is it we need to do today, this week, this month, this quarter, maybe this year to move further along towards our goals? And in particular, when we think about what our vision is, what does success look like and how would we measure it? And I believe very strongly that success is not an absolute. Um, It's a scale. So we can do a better job of fulfilling the needs that our ideal customers have. We can perhaps gain a a larger portion of market share. Uh, Maybe we can go deeper in a particular market. Um, Perhaps we can pivot this year and maybe launch a new aspect of our product or service. Um, and if we were to do that, again, what does success look like? Does it mean that we're, we're uh, you know, if you're del- delivering services and you deliver your services by offering, um, let's say, a, a program package, is it launching one new program package and getting a handful of customers that come back and are satisfied? Like, so, so what is it, what does success look like? And, What's um, maybe what's what's sort of the minimum viable new product or offering if we're doing something new? Um, what would be a good improvement if we're just trying to do more or better of what we have? Um, so think about what the what the success metrics are. Yeah, and uh, you know, I think you make a good point that. It is never an absolute. I mean, when you look at, at whether you're successful or not, um, when we talk with our clients about it, we always kind of talk in terms of good, better, best. And sometimes you're going to hit good. Sometimes you're going to hit better. And, and hopefully if, if the stars align 
and all of, of your assumptions going in are on the money, then, then you'll hit the, the best, the optimal solution. Uh, but, but put yourself in a position where you can win with any of those outcomes. And, you know, a lot of times that when I'm talking with a business owner, that often comes down to really getting very clear about what, and, and, you know, as you say, like, what does success look like? What does it mean to win? You know, is it just the pot of money? Is, are there other wins that lead to that? What, where is, is the one real true win in the process? Um, because I think a lot of times in business, we will boil it down to a, a, a dollar figure. And the dollars are great. Don't get me wrong. I like them. But, but there's generally something that's leading to that. And if we're not clear about what that is, sometimes we're not pulling the right levers to get that result. Do you ever find situations where it's, it's almost more important to define the, the problem or define the outcome, um, very clearly to begin with? Yeah. I'll give you actually an example from my business three years ago. Um, right around this time of year, we were looking at what we were doing in terms of getting the word out about like who we were and what we were doing in the form of blog posts and starting to create a greater presence online. And we were looking at what is it we could do that would have bigger impact. And we decided to start our podcast and the metrics for the podcast weren't really, um, it, it wasn't about creating, uh, it wasn't about creating something that we were selling. It was more about creating a message that was valuable to an audience around a particular theme and being, becoming better known around this issue. And, and the issue that we primarily work with, with clients has to do with people who are running existing organizations. It's not about a startup. It's about an existing organization. And when something happens that you're not as successful as you would like, um, you know, sort of the way I describe it is if you look at um, somebody who is a typical leader, perhaps in, in their 40s or 50s, they often look ahead. They've, they've already achieved a lot and they look ahead at what they dream to achieve before their story ends. And there's a gap between where they are now, and where they want to end up, and they'd like to close the gap. And sometimes things happen that cause that gap to actually to widen. And then leaders look around at what others are achieving, and they see others that seem to be having breakthrough success, and they freak out. Um, and there, there are things that they can do, and that's what we've explored in the in the podcast. And for me, I was grateful that we were able to create a message and an awareness around this particular issue and, and come up with some strategies and tactics that are helpful for people to, as, as we describe it, smash the plateau that you're at. Um, so again, in, in our case, that's, the success was not about uh, creating more sales necessarily, but creating awareness about a particular issue and then finding ways to go deeper into the issue and perhaps create some business as a result in addition to that. Uh, you know, it's it's really interesting that you, you talk about the podcast because we've got uh, some businesses that we work with that are actually in the launch phase uh, of, of the podcast. And and when we're showing somebody how to how to launch one, the focus is always on using it as a way to expand their network. 
because I feel like this is a fantastic medium uh, to to really deepen relationships. Uh, that's one of the reasons that that we've both appeared, you know, now on on each other's podcast because um, you know we respect what what one another is doing, and and it's just a very easy way to um, to build that relationship and help promote someone else and and share what they're doing and. And and the thing that that is is always most distracting for uh, for these business owners is that they they see the sort of shooting star podcast in this case and and take podcast and replace that with you know any any other thing that that is you know seemingly really really successful um, you know so they might see John Lee Dumas and Entrepreneur on Fire which you know I think he's you know making six figures plus a month just off of his podcast. And they, so they see that and they begin to think that that's the end goal. And really, I think it's so critical for, for everybody listening to this to just to hone in and get clear about what, if you can write down five things about like what success looks like on anything that you're doing, and then just keep that taped in front of your forehead. Like, you know, get it on a little stick out in front of your, so you can't look at anything else almost and stay focused because it's really easy to get distracted and think that there are, because you see other people doing similar things and getting different outcomes that, that you've got to now chase that. And I think that can be a very, very dangerous thing. Um, it actually takes you off track from, from hitting the success that you want to hit. Um, and I don't know if you've ever, if you ever see that as well, but I really think getting clarity around what it is that you want at the end of, you know, the process. And like you say with your clients, you know, the, where they want to end the game. Um, if you can get clear on that, everything else becomes, I think, infinitely easier. Right. Particularly if you start with where you want to end up, then all you need to do is reverse the process, work backwards and think about where you want to be. Let, let's say 25 years from now. OK, well, where do you need to be 20 years from now, 15 years from now, 10 years from now, five years from now, one year from now, three months from now, a month from now? And what you realize when you do that is that breakthroughs are noticed by other people when there's some notoriety around it. And the the path leading up to the breakthrough is generally lots and lots of steps with small pivots. So if you reverse engineer your process and just be really clear on what is the step that I need to take every single day, every single week, every single month, and how do I create an environment where I am going to be persistent and supported when there's trouble, because there will be trouble. So the support is really a critical piece to this. And, and we can talk more about what, what's involved in trying to make sure that you have the framework to have the persistence and the support. I think those are really keys to long-term success. Yeah. In fact, let's talk about that as soon as we come back from this quick break. So hang on for uh, just a quick second here. We'll be right back with more from David and uh, and we'll find out more about how to get support inside your business. Hi, this is Steve. I hope you're enjoying this interview. We've got more to come in a minute, but what I'd love for you to do right now is rate this podcast. Leave us a review, rate us on iTunes. It'll really help others discover the podcast and help us help other CEOs, other business leaders become unstoppable. So if you go to unstoppableceo.net forward slash iTunes, 
You can find instructions there and links that will take you right to where you need to go to review the podcast. Thanks so much. Now back to the interview. All right, this is Steve Gordon. We're back with David Schreiner Khan. David, uh, welcome back. And um, we left off talking about uh, about getting the support that you need in in your business. And and I'd like for you to continue that that thought that that you were sharing with us. Sure. Thank you, Steve. So so right now we're in a world where um, in lots of ways we're on information overload. The amount of information that is available, um, in particular information that is free, is exploding exponentially. And the way that we now communicate with one another um, has also exploded. We can talk face-to-face. We can talk on the phone. We can talk via um some kind of audio, uh, live audio chat. We can talk via some kind of digital text chat. We could use email. Um, we can communicate in groups like Facebook groups. It, the list sort of goes on and on. And I think what, what that's done, it's made the, the way that we communicate with one another and in particular the way we support one another, way, the way others support us, much more complex. And there are some, um, I think we need to actually dial back a little bit and look at some basic frameworks that are really key to creating long-term success. This is not about quick wins. This is about what does it take to have an environment and a framework where as an individual leader, you're going to get the support that you need in order to make the a, make changes you need to be more successful and B, continue to do things that you're doing now that work, um, but that might not be so easy to do. And the way that that um, I have found from my work and from um, all the people that I've talked to in my podcast that really uh, is instrumental is peer support. And there are, there are some aspects of peer support that are – um, that might be a little bit counterintuitive. Um, things like sometimes the things that you think you're struggling with aren't the biggest issues. And if you're in a, a safe place with peers, they will point that out to you. When you state your goals publicly in a safe space before a group of peers, you are much more likely to be persistent about pursuing your goals. Um, there's another aspect that I think it speaks a lot to what we were talking about earlier, which is, um, you know, if you are, if you have a podcast as an example, and you see somebody like John Lee Dumas, who is doing a great job hosting a podcast and making money for the podcast, is that really something you want to do yourself? Or are there other aspects of having a podcast that might be important to your goals for success? And if you talk this through with people in a peer group, particularly people who who are working in other industries, they may have some ideas that can be helpful to you. Because often somebody in a different industry has tried something that will work for that industry that you can then implement in your industry. Um, So if you think about what John Lee Dumas did, he implemented something that was relatively new when he started it, which was a seven-day-a-week podcast. People were not doing it back then. And I think if you try to 
to copy what John Lee Dumas did like three or four or five years ago and tried to implement it now, you'd have a harder time because there is more competition. So the question I have for people is, if you're in a, a supportive network, what is it that you see somebody else in a in a different industry doing that you can use as an analog and apply it to your industry where you might be an early adopter of something? And that will will put you ahead of your competition. So that's something that happens when you're in a peer group. There are also um, uh, there's the relationship building aspect. If you're in a peer group where people are supporting one another, then it's more likely, particularly if they are non-competitive, that they are going to be able to be helpful to you in ways that can be really supportive. Yeah, and having been a member of of several CEO peer groups over the years, um, I, I just see tremendous advantage in um, in being a part of of that kind of experience for all of the reasons that that you've outlined. Um, and, and I think the, the really critical one, and this is something that it's hard, if you're running a business, it's hard to get anywhere else is that, you know, you have, if you're struggling with a decision or if you're looking for some, some input or some feedback on something, there are very few places you can go and get uncolored feedback and you know you it's you can't go to to anyone on your team because they all have an interest in it one way or another for various reasons uh very hard to go to if you've got you know investors and a board of directors very hard to go to that group because again they've got uh you know a set of interests that uh that may cloud the feedback that they they give you um and uh, and also hard frankly to to go to a spouse sometimes um, be again, for all of those reasons. And, uh, what I've always appreciated about having that peer group, uh, around me to plug into is that I could go into a room with 10 or 15 people that knew me, knew my business, but didn't have a dog in the hunt. You know, at the end of the day, they didn't care what decision I made. Um, they were most concerned that whatever decision I made, I followed through and was accountable for it. But, um, but I always felt like that really created much better feedback, uh, much better input. And I don't know, I don't know if you found that, that same thing, but, um, but that was, that's always been the huge benefit to me of the peer groups. Yeah, I found the same thing. And I found there's some other elements of peer groups that I think need to be in place in order for them to be really successful, um, such as having people in the peer group who are serious about success and people who are also committed to a long ongoing process. B businesses generally, as I said earlier, they don't achieve breakthroughs overnight. It's a long process. And being in a group of people who understand that we're in it for the long haul um, is really important. I think also being, being in a group of people who are givers and who are non-judgmental and can maintain confidence because we will get the most value out of a peer group if we feel comfortable opening up and making ourselves vulnerable and sharing what's really troubling us. Because um, then we, we can get honest feedback. But it's, it's really hard or almost impossible to do that unless there is um, a culture of confidence and, 
and a culture of people being really helpful without judgment. So I think those are some of the elements. There are other elements as well, but I think those are some of the basic ones. And, and also being in a peer group with people who have some commonality of values. If, if you, like as an example, if you're an entrepreneur who's really just in business because you're interested in making money, you're not um, trying to create other kinds of value, then you may end up um, butting heads with people if you're in a peer group where you're with people who have already um, achieved enough financial success that they know that being an entrepreneur is not just about making money. There, there are other aspects um, that lead to creating creating um, a better world, making the world a better place, and and helping, as an example, people who are part of your team do better in life. Um, if that if those are important values to you, you want to be in a in a room full of people who share those kinds of values. Yeah, I think without a doubt, um, and all of that lends to an experience in in the peer group that that gives you the the greatest value um, because you're going to be able to get uh, the the kind of support and the kind of input that that you really need to drive the business forward. And you know it's interesting because I I've when I talk with entrepreneurs about peer groups and, and, and participating in, in something like that, they almost all get it. And when I talk with people who aren't in an entrepreneurial role where they're, they're not running a business, they almost never get it. And they think, well, why do you need that? And I just, I think that, that what we're all asked to do is it, it's such a lonely uh, oftentimes, um, a lonely role to play and, uh, and having that support, especially from people that don't have a vested interest is I think really vital to remaining healthy and energized and excited about going out and, and, uh, and really creating value in the world. Yeah, I think it's really critical. And, and we've done a lot of work with, with peer support groups, particularly around, um, issues of learning, that um, uh, I would agree with you. Entrepreneurs get it. People who are not entrepreneurs tend not to. I, I think um, a lot of it has to do with the way our educational system in America is set up, that it was kind of designed for the industrial age and focuses on individuals being able to perform certain kind of tasks as individuals as opposed to um, uh, group work around problem solving which is a very different kind of work and different kind of strategy and different kinds of activity. Yeah. And I, I think you're absolutely right. It, uh, it's almost a foreign concept, um, until you get to this, this stage of your, you know, if you're in an entrepreneurial role and you get to this stage of, of, uh, development there, um, and it becomes necessary, it becomes one of those things that if you don't have it, it, it actually is a real disadvantage. So, David, I know you've got um, a whole host of things happening in your world. Tell me, what are you most excited about right now? Um, I'm actually most excited about what what we're doing with uh, with groups, uh, particularly around learning. We've run some events recently that are designed a little differently than your typical business events, where it's um, a combination of this uh, sort of quick start community engagement around a, a topic that 
people want to learn about. So it's uh, almost like uh, curated learning. And uh, it's really fascinating to see how, how well this works out for people whose time is at a premium. So help, help us understand, um, maybe with an example of, of how you're, you're using this. Sure. So we recently ran an event um, where the topic was how to, how to sell in the no-close economy when uh, people are very reluctant to make the buying decisions. And rather than um, spend some time doing um, open networking, because there are mostly people who didn't know one another, we actually built a process of engagement around um, what people were struggling with in their sales processes. And as a result, People got to know one another around um, around an issue and around how they think and how they solve problems. They got to know one another very quickly, and we were able to transition from that straight into, okay, here's an expert who can teach us how to how to sell in a no close economy. Um, and people not only were really grasped the the concepts that were being taught. Um, but they also were able to build bonds with one another very quickly at the same time. And that lead that can lead to ongoing support of some of the people who have met one another. That's really interesting because it, it almost seems counterintuitive to put people together and, and begin having them share. I mean, it sounds like you had them share some of the things that they were actually having trouble with. Um, and so they had to be a little bit vulnerable right from the start. Um, did you, did you do anything in particular to help create a trusting environment so that they were, they were comfortable sharing early on? Um, one of the things that I think helped a lot is uh, framing the questions in a way that gave people leeway to be vulnerable to whatever extent they felt comfortable doing so. So making it making it somewhat open ended, but at the same time focused enough that people were were interested in sharing with one another. That's that's fantastic, and and um, and uh, since you've done that, what have the results been? Uh, well, we got great feedback on the event. Um, people who came want to do more of it, which is terrific, and um, and I see how this particular methodology can be used on an ongoing basis, ongoing basis to not only build relationships quickly with people who are um, like-minded, want to help one another, etc., but also can solve real problems because it's focused on topics that they're all struggling with. So I think this is, it's a great framework and we've used this with ongoing groups. It's a great framework to, really accelerate business success. That's fantastic. And, uh, and it gives me some ideas for things we're doing. So thank you for sharing that. Um, we, we may borrow that idea. Um, that, that's a really great way to, uh, it sounds like to, to get quick engagement. 
within that group. So, uh, David, we're about out of time. Um, I'd love for you to share with everybody who's listening um, how they can uh, how they can find out more about you and uh, where they can find your podcast. Sure. So they can find out more about me by going to our website, um, which is tendstrategicpartners.com, T-E-N-D strategicpartners.com. They can also uh, call our office. We have uh, the phone gets answered uh, 40 hours a week, Eastern time, 212-731-0770. It's 212-731-0770. Connect with me on social media. Uh, be happy to answer any questions anyone has about some of the topics we've discussed, particularly how you can um, how you can accelerate business success through this this group engagement process. I think it's a great methodology to use, and I'd be happy to talk to people about it if they have questions. That's excellent. Hey, thanks so much for spending some time with us today, and uh, this has been really really valuable. Thanks, David. Thank you, Steve. Great to be on. Thanks for listening to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. Help others discover this show. Leave a review and rating on iTunes at unstoppableceo.net forward slash iTunes.